Yo, what's going on everyone? It's Brian and Jim here with Drink a Beer and Play a Game and welcome to another episode of the Power Hour. What Hi. Are, what are we drinking today, Jim? Well, Brian, we are drinking something that you gave me. So, I've mentioned before that I'm a fan of sour beers, so Brian decided, why not try this? One of our favorites, Weyerbacher, it is the Funky Monks, a sour Belgian-style ale with 9.3% alcohol by volume. So, basically, it's Merry Monks, but... Sour. Yeah, so this was... I don't have anything to read. Yeah, thank God. So if anyone has ever had the Murray Monks before, uh, taste the most itty-bitty amount like it. It's very sour. Most people who drink sour beers know they only come in at about 3 to maybe 5% at best. It's one of the appeals of sour beers because it's so tart, but you're not getting kicked in the balls with alcohol. This one's very different. I've already had one... And uh, I'm really going to put Jim's love of sour beers to the test. I want him to take a little sip, see what he thinks of it. I'm noticing the color is a lot lighter than normal Merry Monk. Yeah. Normally it's got like more amberish kind of uh, yeah. hue to it. It's usually a little bit more, a little cloudier. but All right, not the strongest aroma in the world, but... Oh, that's good. Yeah. So, Ooh. for sour beers, it actually has more of a, I don't even know what to call it. It's like a little electric buzz to it or some shit. But it's but you feel that alcohol after about half a can. So, it's going to be an interesting podcast, especially depending how long we go. We'll add another beer in. So, yeah, expect to see Jim really drunk. Oh, you're going to see the lazy eye <laughs> in real time. All right, so speaking of beer, what's our first beer? Well, it's really our only beer topic, but... Yeah, um, so basically, uh, in San Francisco, there is a brewery that is told to stop making beer with hemp-derived extract. And this is out of San Francisco, of all places, which I thought California was just basically weed central at this point. Yeah, what is the uh, the name of the brewery? Uh, let's see here. Black Hammer Brewing. So when he pulled this up, I'm not, sh- I'm not shocked because even though I and I could be completely wrong, California is one of those states where you can use it recre- for recreational use. I think I'm almost. Yeah, I should know more listening to Joe Rogan podcasts all the time. You would think, but okay. Sorry, little Windows update. God damn New it. laptop, what can I say? But anyway, um, I'm not shocked because I guess the bigger issue is if you're a brewery and you're making this type of beer, there's concern about distribution to states that do not have it legalized, even medically. So I guess that could be their way of trying to just say, you know what, let's forego any potential case down the line where you ship this to you know, whatever random Midwest state that doesn't allow this. <clears throat> Apparently, the real problem with it is the fact that uh, it's made with cannabidoil. Cannabidoil? Cannabidioil? Basically, it's some kind of hemp-derived extract that's in their beers. So, hemp's kind of like marijuana, but it's got a real tiny amount of THC, so it's not like it's going to get you high. But the problem is, is that the... Uh, it's basically being told that they have real strong regulations against standard beer ingredients, and this isn't. And same goes with the color to give it the hempy kind of color that it has. Hmm. So that's the reason that they're given that it's um, not being used, really. Hmm. So they're not so much worried about the THC. 
Nah, it really doesn't even seem like that. Now, this could be a fancy way of getting around that and not being, like, anti-weed, but... Yeah, it's still kind of funny. And even the article mentions how, like, ingredients that are beer can be so widely varied as to what's, like, standard and non-standard. Especially these days with everyone throwing everything into beer. Yeah, the regulations for beer, they're they're out there for a good reason because you don't want people just putting out bullshit. However, I think once weed does become legal across the country... Maybe you're going to see a hell of a lot more. I'm probably pretty positive. There has to be other brewers out there that make weed-infused beer, even if it's not legal. So I'm sure that's going to boom once it becomes more legal across the country. And it's weird. I think it's still in such a gray area because the United States Alcohol and Tobacco Tax and Trade Bureau, the U.S. ATTTB, as we like to call it in the business, is apparently letting them sell the rest of like what they have in stock. They just can't brew anymore. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's not like it's this a is not a dire total thing. Dick move. I mean, it's a dick move, but it's like, all right, sell what you got. Yeah. So, ooh, little guessing game. I wonder if we can follow up on the next podcast. Do you think this is going to become a hot commodity and the bottles are going to go for crazy high prices now? Ooh, that's a good question. You can look that up. I wonder. We how, can do it now, but we're not gonna. Yeah, I wonder. We'll follow up on the next podcast because, uh, you know, anytime stories like this get leaked and then people, number one, find out there's a weed-infused beer, they're going to be like, oh, shit, let me spend a bunch of money. Don't know if a brewery like this that, that that's that small would go crazy or you'll have scalpers that'll buy a bunch and then sell them off secondhand. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Or if this story's even more well-known enough for that to even be a thing. Or, I mean, if they ever see this and want to send us a bottle or two i mean we could try it just you know just saying just saying you know we could give a recommendation for if it comes back and the attttttttttb doesn't really get down your throats again so i mean listen you could have an extra 3500 followers thanks to us and almost almost 10,000 twitters and our and our booming popularity yeah 10,000 twitter followers but maybe only about 7,000 sex bots so whatever they need jobs too, Jim. <laughs> oh, they get jobs. <laughs> I keep them gamefully employed. So, yeah, this is one we'll definitely follow back up on. Uh, I, I do want to see if we can get any, you know, any information on the pricing of that. But, uh, yeah, expect to see a lot more hemp-infused or weed-infused beer in the future. Yeah, I'm sure there's going to be, if there isn't already out there somewhere, probably even in head shops, there's like weed beer at this point. Yeah, Stuff that'll sure. just get messed up. All right, so I'm going to move us on to... <sighs> this is actually probably the first time we're... Almost topical actually, with it. We're pretty much as topical as can be with a subject while we're doing this podcast. And we just want to give our really, really high-level reactions to what we've heard from E3 at this point. We don't follow E3. We follow a lot of people who do follow it. Honestly, every year, it's cool. You get to see a bunch of games. Some people make too big a deal about it. But some of the announcements are pretty cool. And Jim is seeing all this brand new. I've just started looking up stuff today. I hate E3. <laughs> I hate E3 season. <laughs> YouTube's unwatchable. Twitter, you just don't, don't, don't even go on it because it's going to be the same. Hot takes. Everyone's got hot takes. But, Jim, the best is... What Xbox did right and what Xbox did wrong. Oh, uh, and then <laughs> and then just people from back and forth fighting each other. Yeah. Uh, the, the people, the amount of people, it's like the Sony fanboys versus Xbox fanboys versus the Nintendo fanboys, which, by and the, the way... The level of butthurt. 
By the way, right now, it's only Monday, the 11th, so... Sony's going tonight, apparently. Yeah, so we haven't seen Nintendo or Sony's. Um, that's why the most of the stuff we're going to go over right now is more Xbox-heavy, Bethesda-heavy, so just keep that in mind. We're not doing it because we're fanboys. But, all right, putting all that bullshit aside, the bigger things, Halo Infinity's coming back, another Halo. Jim, you were a bigger Halo fan than I ever was. I used was. to be a huge Halo fan, yeah. but I just I don't yeah. care anymore. Yeah, you don't give a shit. No. I mean, I the last one I played was 4. I got out of the $5 bin. Yeah. I'll eventually play 5 out of the $5 bin just to see whatever they did with the story, but God, 4 sucked. But Master Chief is back, Jim. Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go ahead and jump real quick. Do you think this, just like Call of Duty, just like Battlefield, will have a Battle Royale thing in it? If it doesn't come out of it, it'll probably eventually have it. Yeah. That's a very common thing, and we'll touch on that a little bit more, but we'll see. This one I think you'd actually be interested in, Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah, I heard people saying that this one looks cool. So if you're familiar at all with the Witcher franchise, same people who made that, and I guess it's kind of like Blade Runner slash your Shadowrun series. Ooh. Just that very cyber best word I can use is cyberpunk you know futuristic but open world rpg so it's probably a cool setting to get lost in and really dive deep because there's not a ton of rpgs that are as deep as the witcher that are set in that kind of yeah definitely so that's one you might get into yeah the one i'm really excited and most people are excited about fallout 76 so the big thing with this one and everyone was super crazy about this they thought it was going to be multiplayer only. Which it's, it's still, it's online required, right? Yeah, yeah. So basically, just like Destiny, you go on, you can be by yourself. There'll be, I forget the number they said, they've, you know, a dozen or more people. But um, their, their bases will essentially get generated in your game as you play through. But it doesn't actually affect your gameplay. And you even if you get killed for some reason... It won't, like, reset everything for you. The more important thing is it's uh, four times bigger than Fallout 4, apparently. Set in West Virginia. And this game... <laughs> Could be a lot of goat fucking. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Oops, sorry. Um, yeah, this is supposed to be a prequel to all the Fallout games. So this is, like, the first vault that opens after about 200 years after the war. <laughs> so that's interesting. I just can't wait for another Fallout game. Looking at the graphics, kind of looks like a slightly modified Fallout 4. Either way, I'm balls excited because that Bethesda makes my favorite games pretty much. So I know I'll be getting this, Jim. You still need to play Fallout 4, so. Yeah, I still never got around to that. Yeah. Not going to get around to that for a while. But are you going to get on here with me and play? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> when I can get on. <laughs> uh, this one you might get a little more excited for. <sighs> the Devil May Cry 5. Jim is the Devil May Cry fan between the two of us. He's played most of them. I've played all of them, but uh, DMC, the reboot, I never finished. Okay. Because uh, I just, like, I played it and I got bored with it. Yeah. So, from what I heard, this is almost like they're taking the reboot series but putting it into the old series, kind of-ish. Yes. Like, That's... the reboot Dante's coming into, like, the old series in some way? Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird combination of that new character, Nero, and Dante. It, I, I honestly, from the trailer, since I don't know enough about Devil May Cry, I couldn't tell you much. 
It just looks like something I know Jim would like. Well, okay, so apparently it's all right. It's part of the main franchise, so I don't know. Maybe it's just actually the old Dante, which would be cool. I saw a couple screen caps. He looks old as hell and weathered, but you know, whatever. Um, Nero's going to be back from four, which I I thought four was fine. Wasn't great, but it was. A, I kept me interested enough to beat it. So yeah, Devil Claw was a cool mechanic. So yeah, that's one I'll I'll eventually play it. Yeah. All right, so Just Cause 4, another big announcement. I haven't played, played any of them. the second one. I have the third one. Never got all the way through second. It's a really just fun open world. Think Grand Theft Auto, but even more action-packed. No, oh, okay. And Is really, that the one that you, like, take out the uh, radio towers and shit? No, that's Far Cry. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is... think. Is this it, one with the grappling arm? Yeah. Oh, okay. So, so okay. this has a really cool movement mechanic. This one, does, that, that does look fun, like, because you can go all around with it. Yeah. Um, Gears of War 5. Don't fucking care. I am the fan of the Gears of War series between the two of us, and I gotta be honest, I don't care. I mean, I'll eventually play it when it's free on Xbox or really cheap. It'll be a game with gold eventually in, like, two years. Speaking of another game I don't care about, The Division 2. Didn't the first one get, like, I forget if this is the one that got, like, roasted when the first one came out? It was. I think it was, like, a buggy mess, wasn't it? It was buggy, but it was also, like, the hype around it because of the, the oh, style. yeah. It was, like, going to be the next big game. Like, like you know how basically Fortnite and PUBG right now are the big new game uh, genres? Yeah. This was supposed to be that when it came out. Because this was more, like, tactical team-based kind tactical of stuff, team-based, right? Tactical uh, team-based, almost Mission always, based? always online. But it, it was another one where you could kill people. It did well. Like, people that played it that I know really enjoyed it. However, it just kind of fizzled out. Okay. Yeah. Dying Light 2, zombie game. I The first one, obviously, is one I still I downloaded it. haven't played it yet. I haven't played it either. It always looked fun, but I never played it. Yeah. So, that's just... Okay. Cool. Uh, the next one is... It's called Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. And the big thing Ugh. about this... It, really, Jim? <laughs> So, essentially, it's the same people who made Bloodborne and the Soul series. And it's a kind of new story that will use those same kind of mechanics. So, probably expect to die a shit ton and get really frustrated. Right. Why don't they call it Samurai Souls? I hate you, Jim. Uh, The only other bigger announcements I've seen, and remember, this is only Monday, so something else big has come. Don't kill us. Ubisoft announced their new Assassin's Creed. Jim, I know you could care. Sh- yeah, I've never played them, but I hear everyone's making the joke because it's called Assassin's Creed Odyssey that they're all photoshopping Super Mario Odyssey with like the Assassin's Creed head or shit like that, or Cappy on top of whatever the hell's name is. Oh, there's a couple different. Yeah, I did. I did, I did. <laughs> uh, Beyond Good and Evil Two. Never played the first one. The graphics for the cutscene look awesome, but uh, you know. Yeah, I have nothing good or bad to say. about But <laughs> it's got naughty language now, Jim. Are you, ready? I, Are you ready to go 6 to Midnight? It's a game I actually have heard about this. Yeah, so Doom, the sequel, called Doom Eternal, is uh, it's coming, Jim. and it's That's not the only thing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get it. Stop it. Okay. So, yeah, we obviously reviewed Doom, loved the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. And now it's like bringing Hell on Earth, I think, based on the trailer. <laughs> Double the demons. Yeah, it's basically... <laughs> 
There's nothing. The only thing I hope is they don't kind of get lazy and only throw like more demons, three new weapons. Like I hope they give something else. I hope it doesn't take away from the platforming of the first one too, which like yeah. the platforming and exploration was really well done. That was a big like, part of it, yeah. Like they did really well with the level design too, on yeah, top like, of just like the great combat. It was still like very linear, but just like the old Dooms, there was plenty of secret things to go to, plenty of things to explore. Mm-hmm. I think that won't be an issue. Like I said, I just worry that. At best, you see 10 new demon types and maybe four new weapons. Or I definitely don't want them to be lazy and be like, all right, here's no new weapons, but those new add-ons. Ah, yeah, true. But it's still, I mean, it's still going to be a great game. It's going to be a game we're definitely going to get and play. Uh, Just, you know, Bethesda does no wrong. And so far, Bethesda has basically, with all those announcements, and I didn't even get to the fact that there's another Wolfenstein Elder Scrolls Six is coming out. Yeah, they only showed what a couple like a little teaser for it. It's basically they, they, they went over the new landscape and that was it. Okay. I mean, it's enough to say, "Holy shit, that's awesome!" Yeah, yeah. I'm actually excited for a new Elder Scrolls. Oh, dude, I, I mean, yeah, but the fact that at this particular E3 they announced a Elder Scrolls Fallout Doom and this new game called Starfield. Did you hear about that? No. So, essentially, think, they show a bunch of shit in space, think Elder Scrolls in space. A huge, open, space world RPG with story apparently as deep, if not deeper, than Elder Scrolls, and it's been in the works since they basically thought up uh, Elder Scrolls. So, it's like 25 years in the making. Oh. So, I know you're all about space exploration shit, so... Could this be what No Man's Sky should have been? Oh, it'll be much better than No Man's Sky. Well, uh, obviously. It won't have the size and scope of No Man's... Well, size being relative because it's all procedurally generated or whatever. Right. Not really procedural. Well, you know what the fuck I'm saying. It's going to be huge, but obviously I think the story's going to be insane. And it's kind of interesting because if you look at how different uh, Fallout is compared to Elder Scrolls, Mm -hmm. and now you throw in space, it's like, what the hell can't Bethesda touch that's going to be great? It's true. So... Yeah, Bethesda for sure. Now Bethesda for all its flaws, it has they a make lot. great games. Yeah, I know because I don't want the people being like, no, but they do the same game all the time. They buggy making games. Shut up. Yeah, when a game <laughs> you can get almost four hundred hours off of a game out of the box, and you're mad because a piece of clothing is, you know, clipping with grass, like get over it. Yeah, now, I mean, if they, if they can cut down on the game-breaking bugs. Game-breaking bugs, yeah. They're, especially at launch. They're they're a little unforgivable, however. Maybe update the graphics engine a little bit. Oh, for sure. But, but Jim, I thought graphics don't mean everything. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Bethesda kicked ass. Oh, last thing about Bethesda, sorry. Elder Scrolls game is coming to mobile, if you're interested in that. Yeah, you got something else to play it, besides Clash My Poop. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. Why? I poop a lot. I, I'm what? Damn it! <laughs> I'll get my money's worth. I hate you. Full disclosure. EA, a lot of sports games announced. I heard this got trashed. Um, yeah. Uh, so, essentially, you got the sports games. You got your FIFA, Madden. Um, Anthem has got a release date, which is that other open world game. Kind of Destiny, Halo... Horizon Dawn. Yeah. Oh boy. Exactly. Battlefield 5, big thing, features Battle Royale. Oh, I heard a lot of butt hurt about that. 
Yeah. Why are you going to get your game with Battle Royale <laughs> Because it makes the fucking money. That's why. Yeah. And it's this, the hot thing. Just and, accept it. And this isn't something I didn't see at E3, but we saw before, and we just haven't done a podcast since. So the new Black Ops, Black Ops 4, yeah. uh, has a mode called Blackout, and that's Battle Royale. Now, that one I watched more of, and what can I say that... They basically allow you to use every gun, vehicle, and perk from every Black Ops, starting with the original, which is Jim's favorite, Yep. And up to the now. So it's like you can have an old school chopper gunner shooting down, like, you know, whatever the newest shit is. I think that is a great idea. We've been saying it. Like, Battle Royale style is going to be a more dominant style, even if every major game just has as a side. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, we also offer this mode. I guarantee you. With Battlefield and Call of Duty, that's going to be like the number one mode people try for a while. And then they'll trash it, and then they'll say it's not as good as Fortnite or PUBG, da-da-da-da-da. They're not meant to be. They're not going to be the sole focus of the game. But it's a fun add-on. <laughs> it's fucking story mode. <laughs> Call of Duty has good story modes. Well, the new one isn't going to have one. Oh, it isn't? You didn't hear about that? No. Oh, yeah, there's no... This is from like a week or two ago. They when they announced uh, blackout mode, they also said there's gonna be no story mode in the new one, no single player. It makes sense. I was one of the few people that still play through all story modes. Butthurt was through the roof from people who don't never play it. Yeah, I mean, I I actually like the story mode. Um, I've always given praise to Call of Duty for the fact that you get story mode, you get multiplayer mode, and some wave based, whether it's zombie, aliens, whatever. It's a lot packed into the same price game that you get. Some games are only one of those things. Um, no matter how you feel, the early story modes of those early Call of Duties were excellent. The writing got eh, and they traded it for higher level celebrities to voice in them. And, you know, they always average like six to eight hours. Hey, bye. Remember, remember in Infinite Warfare when they had Kevin Spacey? Just like you in mean, Superman? Wait, who Jim, said he couldn't do no wrong? Jim, you mean your hero, Kevin Spacey? Can't do no wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that phrase sure hasn't come back to bite me. <laughs> comment after comment, year after year. Well, Jim, I mean, it just proves I'm always right and you're always wrong. I don't know. I still might be right on that one. <laughs> God Jury, damn jury's it, not Jim. out yet, Bri. God damn it. So, yeah. Battlefield Five, Battle Royale. There's a lot of back and forth. I think I've seen way more hate for it, though. So, well, there's also been hate because the main character is a woman, cool. right? Well, you were women during World War Two. I didn't even know it was World War Two. Or during, Whatever, I think it's World yeah. War Two. Isn't that okay. what it always is? It, okay, yeah, people want to bitch. People are gonna bitch. Um, so, really, the there were no other huge announcements I saw that are like you know really worth us talking about like we said we don't care as much about e3 it's just it's a trade show and people get way too upset because there's going to be a million promises of games that half of them don't even have release dates so and a shitload of them that i heard are like some presentations were all of games that were either we already know about or that are coming out next year or two years from now yeah so yeah exactly like I said on Twitter, it's the couple days a year where everyone praises the companies they bash the rest of the year. Yeah. It's fucking stupid. Uh, oh, the only <laughs> oh my god, such a good trailer. Shut up. The only other thing, that's not a shocker, but they're, they announced the new, that they're working on the next Xbox, which will probably come out 2020. Man. Which, okay. Like, we knew the cycle was going to be an ex- I'm an Xbox and, fan, yeah. but 
They better get some fucking exclusives. Oh, oh. They, so, they so better I'm give sorry. a reason. That was one thing I forgot. Uh, Xbox bought five companies yeah, to backfill. I, so it was Undead Studios, people who make that State of Decay game. Okay. Um, yeah, I heard it was a bunch of companies that already like worked that, with that them. That were already working. Except for like Ninja Theory they brought in. Yeah, Ninja Theory. And then I can't remember the other ones. If I really thought about it, I don't want to waste the time. But... They're, they recognize it's it's an issue. Um, I've always said me and Jim are probably bigger Xbox fans, but I have PS4 because PS4 has way better exclusives, especially the horror games I like. So, Yeah, I mean, it's either at this point they just say, hey, we're the cheaper multiplayer games option than a PC, or get some goddamn games. Yeah. So, yeah. Cuphead I- 2 or Cuphead DLC was announced. I saw that, and people... Good, good luck, Brian. Yeah, people have uh, have tagged me, because I went through and beat the first one, and I didn't do too terrible beating it, considering. You mean that really rare achievement of actually beating the game that um, you got? Not only beating it, but getting A-pluses on the final two bosses. Yeah. I'm just saying, no big deal. No, <laughs> that, like, 0.01% got? Yeah. Yeah. Now, that... I'll torture myself. I, I said I... Of modern platform shooters, side-scrolling shooters, that's definitely my favorite for the past decade at least. So I'll de- I'll throw it. I don't know how much it's going to cost. I don't know how many levels they're going to add, but I don't yeah, know. I'm definitely down. I love that animation style. Oh, yeah. So let us know what you think. Uh, by the time this video gets posted, if there's anything new, you know, let us know your thoughts. And <laughs> we'll see you in a month. <laughs> no. We're staying more consistent, Jim. Once a month. <laughs> damn it. All right. Achievable goals, damn it. So, what it, so now you set up the rest of the topics, so let's run through them. A lot of them are kind of old at this point, too, but we can give our whatever's on it. So, uh, first one, Resident Evil 7 is coming to the Switch, but in Japan only, and as a streaming-only game. The fuck? So, in that article, pull that up real quick. Uh... I, I read a little bit about this, and essentially it sounded like the reason they were doing at least a streaming only or online only is because they recognize a Switch actually can't handle the processing to run Resident Evil 7. So essentially they're using their cloud-based um, system in order to run it and try and run the game as close to what it should be running at. Yeah, so you're only downloading like 45 megs, which is nothing, yeah. of data onto your Switch. And then the rest is, like Brian said, coming from the cloud. So you better have some good internet to do it. That was my first thought, and I also thought about how angry you get about these type of games. And you talk about not only not owning a physical copy and a digital download, but you really don't own anything. Like, you own the right to open up a cloud device that owns it. So Yeah. Well, I mean, the only saving grace for this, at least, is... I can get Resident Evil some, somewhere no, else. No, I know. So. But I'm saying if you had to switch, you couldn't. Right. Yeah. So, why now did they say why it's Japan only? Um, I haven't seen anything, but I'm just going to guess they're using it as like a test market. Yeah. I mean, I guess that would make sense if they really just want to see this cloud version work. Although, my mind goes right to if it's in the cloud and it's available even in Japan, someone's going to hack it and be playing it in North America. Probably. So people are already hacking the switch like crazy. So this, it, the switch is still trying to 
do what I said it shouldn't waste its time on. Stop trying to make these third-party games work for you. You're not competing against Xbox and PS4 for that. Your first-person titles are always going to be, or first-party titles are always going to be your bread and butter. Just keep focusing and putting more into that. Stop trying to do cloud versions of goddamn Resident Evil. Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the only thing I can say to that is at least they're putting games on it. Because, I mean, I'll guarantee with the Switch, you'll probably get maybe two big first title or first party titles a year. And then the rest will be supplementary. So, Jim, will any be announced at E3? Well, Brian, there's only one way to find out. <laughs> well, will Metroid Prime whatever? Metroid Prime 4. Now, now they'll show an, like another snapshot and be like, sometime. <laughs> Brian, how many people are going to cry over the new Smash? Because it's not the same game just released over and oh, over Jesus again. Christ. And I love Smash, don't get me wrong, but... Yeah, there's new mechanics and blah, 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 blah. It's still the same game. It's still people, fun. People are going to bitch. But either way, yeah, I, I, I see what you're saying. I, I think it's good they're going to keep trying to support the Switch and throw these type of games. It's just do it with games that you can work off the system off of. I don't think people want to do cloud-based games. Yeah, I mean, it's good as a supplementary. Maybe not as... Uh, see, that's a weird thing because then you get into the... How much do you put on the Switch and how much do you put in the cloud? Yeah, because if that opens that up, then yeah, why not do all games on the cloud? Right. Which, that's going to suck triple, so. Yeah, and maybe that's already with... Sorry for the quick cut, guys, watching the video or listening to audio. Uh, the camera only has a half an hour setting, so I got to remember that. Got to keep watching it. But either way, as far as this Resident Evil shit, like Jim and I are saying, yeah. Does it open the door for more things to be just cloud-based? Maybe, but at least Nintendo is trying to do something to introduce more games to the Switch. So I guess it's a good thing, technically. Yeah, but... And it came out end of May, I think, and this is June 11th when we're recording, so... I haven't really heard anything about it, so... No. Alright. Yeah, beats me. Let us know what you think below, guys. Oh, boy. The next topic, Jim. Yeah, this is another one that's old news at this point, but virtual consoles not coming to... Gonna gonna maybe do that before we start recording? Nah. It's authentic. It's like they're in the bar with us, Jim. You can say a lot of things about us, but we are authentic. Or unprofessional. Either way. <laughs> but, yeah, virtual console not coming to the Switch. Officially announced. I just think it kind of sucks because, yeah, there's an eShop where you can buy games, but it, the virtual console is just the kind of way that a lot of people discovered a lot of games. I think the th cool thing about the console was just the sheer volume of just random shit they threw on there. So that's how a lot of people discovered the Turbo Graphics, for example, or got to play a bunch of games from consoles they either never heard of, never got to play as a kid, and the prices were pretty cheap, too, so... It was a cool service. Uh, it just died on the old Wii a couple months ago. It finally got shut down. So, so is it only available on Wii U? Uh, and 3DS, even though those don't talk to each other. So most likely is being forecasted that it's going to go away on those? No, it'll eventually go away. It'll eventually get so shut down. So let me ask you, is and I think we've talked about this before, so if you had the Wii or Wii U and you did download games... Did you download them directly to your hard drive? and So you will still have those games? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they're not going to get ripped off. You still have the games. Like That's why a lot of people um, went back the, you know, the day before it was going to close up, and 
they downloaded all, a lot of those exclusive games like Alien Crush Returns or the Castlevania Returns or Contra Returns and shit like that. Those cool kind of remake kind of games that, for some reason, just never got released anywhere else. So, I, I really don't get it because this goes back to what we just talked about. If they're really trying to compete with Xbox and PS4 or P- PlayStation, I should say, the thing that I really like about the systems that they've changed is, you know, with your gold membership or whatever the hell you want to call it, you get one or two free games a month. It's not the biggest thing in the world, but it's kind of cool because I've played a lot of games that I would not be playing right now. But, bro, you get 20 free NES titles once the, NES, once the Switch has its online service implemented. Wow. Oh, boy, it's probably going to be, like, eh, games or games that you've played a million times. So I hope Slalom's there. <laughs> you would hope Slalom's there. That ass. So, I guess my big problem is <clears throat> you're either A... Oh, wait, that's owned by Rare, so it wouldn't be. Thank you, Jim. So, I guess my problem with it is that you're either potentially looking at the fact that Nintendo's like, ah, we're not making enough money from it, let's cancel it, let's not add it to the Switch... That's, I mean, it sound like there's going to be another scenario. I don't know what other reason would they not bring it. Obviously, people enjoyed it, even if the numbers weren't huge. Like, does it take up that much space? Or now are you trying to migrate over to a hell of a lot more cloud-based shit? I don't get it. Um, I think this is just now going to be even more of a push for people to start emulating more. Yeah, I mean, so getting rid of the branding, I don't know why they're doing it. It's probably just to free up server space for their, pardon me, for their new game rental kind of thing they have going on that will change every month. So, I still think the virtual console was cool and it did a lot for retro gaming, but they're not saying they're abandoning it. So I'm sure there's going to be stuff put on the eShop randomly, but maybe just not as tight knit a kind of thing that it was. Maybe though. Maybe hopefully it'll talk between systems and you don't have to pay for the same game a thousand times. That'd be nice. Really fucking nice. Come on, it's Nintendo. You're going to pay a mil- triple. Yeah, exactly. All right, well, let us know what you think below, guys. Uh, good move, bad move, or is there a big point we're missing here? All right. Yeah, because yeah, while like we had a little bit of experience with the virtual console, me more than Brian, but even then, I'm no expert on it, so let us know. Speaking of Nintendo, keeping on this little... This little path. Uh, Not a huge shocker, but potential list of games that might come out on the N64 Mini has been released. Yeah, so from what I understand in the past, Nintendo started to upload manuals for uh, games that wound up on the NES Mini and the SNES Mini. So, just say Super NES Mini. Super Nintendo. God damn So, a couple, probably about a month or two ago at this point, they uploaded a bunch of manuals. And it's for about 20-some games, I want to say. And everyone's going, oh shit, this might be the N64 Mini. It's reaching, but it's very plausible. It's not like it's not like a lot of conspiracies that are like putting dots where they don't exist. And looking at this list of games, uh, you know, you have all the major ones. You know, Donkey Kong 64, Kirby 64... Mario Kart, Mario Party 2, Mario Golf, Tennis, Super Mario 64, Star Fox 64, The Legend of Zelda's both games, Yoshi Story. I mean, you have kind of what you would expect from Nintendo for these mini systems that they've kind of went down a path already of 
like doing this style of games. Yeah, and it's a good list of games that you can do without having the rare titles. Now, yeah. Donkey Kong 64 is one, but it's, you know, Donkey Kong, so Nintendo has that IP as well. So yeah. the big, what do you call it, um, like how the Super NES Mini had Earthbound on it, this has Sin and Punishment, which was only released in Japan. So if they localize it, even though it was already pretty much in English, that would be pretty cool. They also, I mean, interesting, I didn't see on here is Smash Brothers. That's a good point. Yeah, it isn't on here. So, it doesn't mean, I mean, remember, we've only said, how many games came out on the NES? Was it 30? The NES had 30 and the Super NES had 20-some. Okay. So, I can't imagine they're going to have many more than this. Um, now, from what I, oops, sorry. Yeah, I mean, maybe they feel that's a game that they know the best version really is GameCube. Or future, whereas Mario Kart 64 still arguably gets played, I don't want to say just as much as the latest Mario Kart, but it's probably still the best remembered. Well, actually, it's funny with Mario Kart 64, because people either say it's the best or the worst one. There's no, like, happy in between. I think, but I've I've never heard anyone try and defend... It's still huge in the, uh, what do you call it, the... Oh, what the hell do you call that, Shane? When people... Speedrun. Speedrunners. In that community. I, I don't know. I kind of think, though, I've never heard anyone try to make the argument that, like, uh, Super Mario Kart is better than that. Eh, some kind of do. I don't know. But I, looking at this list, once again, and we'll post a link below. Uh, yeah. Is there anything? I actually, I'm trying to think. You already touched on. I mean, Rare games, why would you do that when Rare has that, you know, their th- well, they can't do it anyway because Microsoft owns Rare now. Oh, yeah. So, you would, you probably wouldn't want to add those Castlevania games. They were a bit rough. No. Um, what else would you add? Uh, they wanted they wouldn't put the money out for the wrestling game licenses again. No. So, that wouldn't happen. It is weird not seeing Smash on here. And another thing to keep in mind is talking to a bunch of tech people. Um... The hardware for the Super NES and the NES Mini, it's the same board, but apparently that wouldn't play well with the kind of um, emulators or the ROM files, basically, for an yeah. N64 game. So this list, like we said, definitely not a definitive list. It's a cool list. It's a list of a lot of potential, but, I mean, I'd be surprised, because if the Super NES Mini only had 20-some games, why would the N64 Mini have the same amount of games when... It's a lot bigger games. Yeah. A lot harder to do. I mean, hmm. I don't know. I mean, I think, though, still, if they do release this... I mean, I think these are all ripoffs anyway, but... Yeah, it's... But for... It's funny, because the Super NES and the NES Minis made sense to me. Most 16-bit retro games, it makes sense to do collaborate. Yeah, N64 is still... It's obviously old now. It's one of the ones that, at least on modern TVs, is aged the worst. Oh, for sure. I mean, (laughs) me and you have talked about this many times. Yeah. You either need to get the old TV or upscale it somehow. It does not look very good. Or buy the $300 HDMI kit for it. So uh, that would be the biggest appeal, that you do that. But then, once again, you just go back to the thing of, could you turn around, kind of jailbreak this, and play other N64 games and at least have them upscaled for you. Right. That would be the biggest appeal for me. But we'll see if that if this comes to light or not. It'll be interesting. So let us know what you think below and what games you think should be on the list. Just make sure you check the link below before you 
comment a game that's already on there. All right. This next one, Jim, this is definitely a, a you topic. So I'm going to let you run with it. Yeah, so um, there's a service across almost every goddamn platform, including mobile, called Pinball Arcade. And what it does is it makes virtual versions of classic pinball tables. And it's from what I hear, I've never used it, but I do have a ton of the old pinball collections. So I think this is from the same developers, basically. And... Yeah, they're losing Williams and Bally tables, which are some of the best tables that have ever been made. I'm not a big Gottlieb guy, and Stern tables are okay, but losing Williams, man, like, the Pinball Hall of Fame Williams collection on the original Wii, and it was on the PS2, I think, as well, that is such a good collection of tables. That to not have these anymore being offered kind of sucks, and it's going to be a big blow to it. And again, it's not it's not going to rip the tables off if you already bought it and have it on your system, luckily. But it is just a crappy thing that in the future you won't be able to buy your whirlwinds and your taxis and your black knights and your all those tables like that. Like all these classic ones. So yeah, not much to say here. It's another one of those pitfalls of digital only gaming where, hey, license is gone, so now you won't be able to have it. So Jim, without trying to sound like a dick. Alright. Who the fuck? And why the fuck does anyone play arcade games as a video game? Or, I'm sorry, pinball games as an arcade game? Because it's way easier to have a shitload of games on a, right in front of you than to have a table at home. No, I'm aware of that, but isn't kind of the, the fun of a pinball game, the feel of it, the lights going off in front of you, the feel of the table moving? Like, I feel like that's more of a... You're not playing it because it's so fun to watch the ball go up and down and get a score. I feel like it's when you're actually there in the moment. It's kind of like playing a video game version of pool or bowling or darts. You could do it, but like you're taking away the thing that makes it more fun, which is the actual experience of feeling it in your hand and doing it. The reason why you play video games of GTA Five is because you couldn't actually go out and shoot someone... And get away with it or speed at 120 miles per hour and run to a tank and do goofy shit. Pinball, as a video game, makes no goddamn sense to me. Well, here's the thing with that. <laughs> I want to hear you try and defend this. Go ahead. So, here, there's two schools of thought of video pinball games. First off, the physics has to be good in the games with the ball. Sure. Like, I've, I've played a shitload of them and... There's some where the second it hits a bumper or it hits your flippers, it just, like, stops dead. Okay. And you just go, oh, this sucks. Or there's – the cool thing about video pinball games is is you can do wacky crap with them that you can't do on a normal table. So all the Crush series of games, for example, all the different enemies that can be walking around and all the different unlocks and special boss fights and games like that or the Pokemon pinball games or the Pinball the Dead game, like – there's a lot of cool stuff that you can do, and doing it with the flipper mechanics just adds a different thing as aside to, say, another platform or crap like that. And for the purists out there, it just gives you a chance to easily play it without having a thousand tables or having to drive to that one arcade, if there's any arcades around you anymore, that does have the table. Like, arcades are going away, pinball machines aren't getting made as in mass as they used to, there aren't as many techs out there who upkeep these things. There's barely places that you can go and buy them. God forbid you have the money to buy one, then to have the space in your house to put it in your house, to have an arcade down there, and then have a tech come in whenever something breaks, unless you're not going to do it yourself. 
it's it's one of the more hassle filled kind of parts of gaming. Okay. So if you just want to play all of your tables, you have them right in your fingertips, and the ones like say on the Wii or even the Switch with like the rumble features, it gives you a nice little feedback, like a good feedback, so you almost get the feeling of being at a table. All right, so that makes a lot more sense to me than I thought it was going to. Ha! I will say though, um, it makes sense for what you're saying. If like you were someone who was big in the pinball games and you can't go to arcades anymore, you can't find the tables, and you want to relive that. I, I guess I'm thinking too purely about it, because I guess you could make the same argument that I'm making for arcade games versus emulating them, but right. to me that's still just completely a virtual experience versus an actual... I guess for me, the pinball, like the actual seeing the mechanical thing in front of you and seeing actual moving parts is different than just a virtual screen, whether you're at the arcade or at your house. This is now a virtual representation of actual mechanical things. Right. Like, I would never say, like, a virtual pinball game. Like, say you have no interest in pinball games and you start playing it. I don't think they're going to... It's going to pull you in. It's not going to pull you in. Like, maybe the Crush games or the other wacky ones, like I said, maybe they will with their more, like, outlandish kind of stuff that you can do. Yeah. But if you're not into pinball anyway, these collections aren't going to be for you. It's going to be for the purists out there. Or, all right... Maybe it'll draw some people in, but it's not like a system seller or anything like that. It's a niche hobby. It's a niche part of gaming. Yeah. So it's always been niche. Well, I shouldn't say it's always been, but the last 20 years or so, it's way more niche than it was in the 50s. So. Yeah, and I guess, once again, I, 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 I truly was not trying to be a dick for anyone who does love these games. I'm just trying to think, like, what is the appeal? But I guess to Jim's point, if you grew up always loving it, you love pinball and you can't get them and just to relive or see that table virtually makes a big deal. And it's another genre of gaming that's like perfect for just pick up and play too. Yeah. I mean, you can make the same argument. Uh, you got me started semi on the Magic the Gathering, the virtual version yeah. of the card game. In theory, we could go out, get the cards and play, but Should we? obviously I'm, no, I'm not going to waste money on that. <laughs> But I did enjoy playing that virtually, so I guess it's similar. I still think... It's a cheaper gateway drug, you can call it. No, it it definitely is, so... Okay. I take back most of my statement. Most. (laughs) (laughs) So, let us know what you think below, especially if you're someone who loves these pinball games. Let us know, like, what is the biggest seller for you? Like, what do you love the most? Do you still get the same fix from someone who loves a real the real actual arcade or like pinball machine just let us know <sighs> this fucking next topic <laughs> this is a this is just a dumb goofy thing i found it's it's dumb and goofy but i do secretly love it because i'll i'll, I'll hit it off ah uh, the old days of gaming so we know we've seen we've all seen plenty of videos we've we've all lived through well, not all of us, but we've lived through seeing a ton of accessories for a lot of systems. Arguably, the NES has the most accessories ever. I'm just throwing that stat out there with absolutely. Got a lot. I'm just going to say that with no bearing. or I, no. I might say the most famous allotment of accessories ever. Yeah. But here's one, and I'll put the picture up. I'll, we have the link up. Um, apparently... It's no shocker, and Jim and I as parents now know this is going to be something we have to contend with, but uh, trying to stop your kids from playing too many video games, you can do different things. Well, I have a girl, so girls don't game. 
Jim, <laughs> yes, three more dislikes. Brian, I'm not trying to bait the crowd at all. It's actually all right because I looked at our demographics, and I know you're going to be shocked. Not a lot of broads? Mostly guys watch us. Really? <laughs> we're not just bringing in the poon? <laughs> no, we're not. Shocker. So for the five that are watching us... I combed my hair for you, horse. <laughs> you did? Really? <laughs> Just kidding, ladies. So there was a accessory for the NES called the Master Lock. This shit almost looks like the club, the old school club version for your cars with a little... I don't even... What do you call that kind of lock? It's, it's like a Master Lock almost with the, with the turn dial numbers. It... Locks into your system and stops people from loading cartridges in. And from the picture I'm seeing, I don't know if that's like a I don't weird know. cellophane or if it's like crushing the NES either. I think that was just a. I think that's the actual photo crumpled. Oh, you might be right. Yeah, the ad. But here's the deal. First thing I thought, I said it made me laugh really because it almost looks like a mini grenade or bomb with the little red button on the top. It looks ridiculous. Why wouldn't you just take the power cord? Or the AV cords. Like, I I feel like when my son is older and if I have to tell him to not play a game, that's all I'm going to do. I'm going to take the cord so he can't play. Or hide the controller. Yeah, like, like why or, would you need to or, go and put or a Or break his favorite game if he's really bad. Well, yeah, there's definitely going to be that. Why do you have to put a fucking Enough. locking mechanism on I your will, system? I will say real quick. Yeah. Another problem with digital gaming? Can't break the game. Can't teach a lesson. Delete it. But then they can always re-download it. Take off the hard drive. Then you got to buy another hard drive. Or don't give it to them until they're good again. All right. Split the system in half with an X. What are we, the Bible? Oh, that's just what I would do. Oh, that's a good point. <laughs> Take it to the shooting range. Put a couple bullets in it. Really teach them a lesson. <laughs> give it to them and say, that's you next time. Yeah. So this locking mechanism, it's... Called homework first. Homework first. I probably should have started with that, but it's so ridiculous. And the fact is, I want you to take a best guess, Jim. We're not we're not looking this up right now. How many of these units or these things do you think were sold? I would actually say probably more than you would think, but definitely not as much as they would have liked. I I'll, I'll guess maybe. God, what the? F- I'm gonna guess maybe twenty thousand were sold. All right, twenty five thousand were sold. Yeah. So look at me with that dad knowledge. And apparently the the reports on pricing for this thing were between twenty like nineteen ninety five and twenty one ninety five, almost so just tw- twenty bucks for this thing. Back in the late eight, I'm assuming this came out in the late eighties, yeah eighty nine. Twenty bucks for a fucking locking mechanism so your kid wouldn't play video games. Who the hell would spend that kind of money on that? I don't know. My parents still use a club in twenty eighteen. Uh, that doesn't shock me, though. Yeah, it really shocked Kind of like the 93 Corolla. Someone's going to want it. We <laughs> had a few 93 Corollas. <laughs> so, yeah, this is this is one accessory that it definitely makes us laugh, and I almost hope this can be a reoccurring bit for us. Oh, I just finding find old wacky shit. Ter- terrible accessory. So if anybody knows any, tweet us, Send email them our us, way. YouTube us. This just makes me laugh. This is like the most useless, stupid shit. Um and hey, it used to be at KB Toys. I'll be damned. <laughs> and sharper image of all places. So, yeah. Just a goofy little thing. All right, Jim. This next topic might break your heart along with all of our UK fans. 
But the Sinclair ZX Z. Yeah, that's what I said. ZX Vega Plus from Indiegogo calls it game over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we know. Well, Brits care. We know this is big in the UK. We don't get it because we also didn't get the fact of the everyone really clamoring for the ColecoVision, that bullshit, whatever. Coleco Chameleon? Yeah, that thing that failed. If you're Indiegogo, GoFundMe, or any of these public funding things, how many of those things actually work for these type of things? Well, there is another. There's an older uh, ZX. What got me doing it? Uh, I don't know if it was a Vega line or there's another handheld that came out a couple years ago that kind of did the same thing but didn't have the built-in screen. It was almost more plug-and-play, but with just like a shitload of ZX games on it. So I guess this was to be more of a all-in-one kind of handheld. Yeah. So essentially... And just for people who don't know, the Spectrum was kind of like the NES over in the UK because NES was completely overpriced over there. Master System was big there. But the ZX had like super cheap games and... A shitload of them. Piracy was huge. The games look like crap. I don't care what people say who grew up with it. They look like crap. Don't worry. We will definitely do a month dedicated to ZX Spectrum games. Oh, boy. And here's the deal. Maybe some of the games play fine. We we know there's nostalgia tied to it for all the reasons Jim just said. But essentially, the story looks like... Um, essentially, they appointed a debt collection agency to recoup all the funds from this company uh, because they failed to meet all the conditions set forth um, giving them more time because the system was still highly destabilizing I don't we don't know a lot more we have the link in here but um, it's yeah. it's a shame because a lot of the, this is just going to continue to hurt I feel like things like Indiegogo GoFundMe all these you know crowd source funded items it's a good idea, and if you have a good intention, that's fine, but set realistic goddamn goals. Now, I can't, from this article, uh, they've raised about over 512,000 pounds from 4,700 people, and that started in March of 2017. I don't know what their original goals were. That seems like a lot of money to us. But we know developing shit probably costs a lot more. Um, it's just be realistic with what you're developing. And that really sucks for everyone that backed it. Now, it does look like they're trying to get that money back to all the backers. Well, everyone, probably not. It sucks for the people that really hope for this. But once again, this goes to my one thing I say all the time. If you really love the ZX Spectrum, and I'm going back to ZX, just emulate it. But just make your life simple. You don't need a handheld version. Just emulate. And I don't know if that, God, what is that, that JXD, like super emulation handheld thing? Mm -hmm. <coughs> Stop it. Sorry. Bless you. Um, I don't know if that has, I know it has a shitload of consoles that it can play emulators of. I don't know if it has ZX on it, but it seems like a thing that it should, maybe a dedicated fan base enough would put on there. So I just think there's other ways around this that you don't need a dedicated handheld. Now, I know it had the backing of the Sinclair family or the guy who originally made it. So it had some legit, like, some legit backing behind it, but the company just never met its goals. Apparently, they tried Indiegogo's um, 
based out of the West Coast, apparently, in the U.S., and they tried to show off their prototype to the U.K. office, and they basically said no because they were sick of them delaying stuff. So they kind of dropped a hammer on it. The cool thing, though, is that they're going to try and, like Brian said, with the debt collectors, because normally with Indiegogo, whatever money gets up there, if it doesn't reach its goal or it gets pulled, that money's just gone. Yeah. It's not like Kickstarter World to give your stuff back if it doesn't meet goals. So, I hope for the UK fans, someone can come out if this is something everyone really, really wants. Uh, but, yeah, it sucks. Sometimes it's better to just try and leave things in the past or let bigger developers create these things. And, like we said, how many people truly are asking for a ZX Spectrum? We know that probably has to go through an avenue like this, so you're not going to have a big developer come forward and be like, you know what, let's just release a mini version or a handheld version. Well, I mean, it is important for the whole game preservation kind of thing because, I mean, they are a big part of European game history. But it's still the kind of thing of... I mean, there is a Commodore 64 Mini that was released lately, which I heard kind of sucked. But there's no reason that, you know, whatever Sinclair or who owns the rights to all this couldn't just maybe make their own, maybe put their money where their mouth is and have faith in the product? Yeah, I mean, game preservation to me is one thing. This is just maybe a way of trying to reintroduce an old system and old games to a new generation. Well, it's the same thing as the flashbacks, really. Only it, this has a hand That's what I'm now. saying. Yeah. So, I mean, I feel like, you know... There's a place for it. There is, but it's either you're super nostalgic or you're trying to introduce to a new crowd. Yeah. It's one or the other. That's not game preservation. That's You're taking your hand at one of those. The flashbacks are, were cheaply made. A lot of the games looked way worse. I haven't played the later, especially Atari flashbacks. They got better, but the but first one was a piece of crap. They were suck. But... If you just picked it up for what was it twenty bucks, something like that, you know, it was like okay, cool, like you know, show my show my son like this game or that game. If you don't have the Atari, do something similar with the ZX until someone serious comes along. You don't need a handheld. I'm sorry, I know it's something people probably want it, but what are you gonna do? Right, Jim? Doesn't bother me. <laughs> I so less. let us know. Obviously, our fans from the UK. Uh, we sympathize with you. A lot of these systems seem to be falling apart, especially when they're GoFundMe or Indiegogo or crowdfunded, but that sucks. Yeah, for the fans of it, sucks for you guys. Yeah. Sucks you got led down this path again. And really, for every like one Kickstarter Indiegogo that like is a real hit, there's like a thousand that are just scams. So Yeah. And if you are a ZX Spectrum fan, I'm going to keep saying it, if you really love the system, and there's games you want Jim and I to review. Send it to us. We will do a month of it. Oh, man. <laughs> then I'd have to get a Spectrum and get a fucking... Or we're going to emulate because we're not goddamn plebes. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. So let us know what you think below. All right, Jim. So we're going through... Uh, doing these best games of certain mm -hmm. systems and we're completely done with the atari did four games yep first question what did you think of them second question was there any games left off that you think should have been on those lists now granted keep in mind the way we did those lists we did an aggregate of at least five to ten sites 
who ranked like the top however many Atari games. Yeah, from like 10 to 100. Yeah. That. So we we looked very deeply and some of them were all over the place. Uh, the only one I think was so consistently at the very top actually was Adventure and Pitfall. Yeah. River Raid was like some of them was written. It was never one, but it was always high. And then Missile Command was another one where it was always like it was like four or five, but sometimes it was ten, sometimes it was one. There was a lot of titles in there that easily, like, they were number one. Like, Berserk was number one for a few people. Yeah. But, uh, I don't know, what you know, what'd you think of the four games we did? I think, like, I have no complaints about the four games that we did. Like, they're all fantastic Atari games. And really, you could, there's a, like you said, there's a shitload of games you could have put up there, too. Could have had Centipede or Millipede. You could have had Berserk, like you said. You could have had Pitfall Two up there. Um, God, there's so many games. I'm just like blanking on all of them. For me, I think the surprising thing, when I, and I said it multiple times during our reviews, when I think Atari, I think of shooter, space shooter. All right, so like I Defender. almost felt like a Defender, Asteroids, like. Something Asteroids. even more simpler should have been on there. And even then, Space Invaders for like impact. Yeah, um, my. Arguably favorite shooter, Centipede, it not being on there. You know, it, I get it, but it's like that's what I think of when I think of Atari. So yeah, I'm. All, I was kind of surprised, and I can see why that a lot of the later games weren't on there because the 2600 was supported until '91. Yeah. So by the time they knew all the tricks, so the games are really, really impressive looking and playing, and there's a lot of game mechanics to them. So. Games like Fatal Run or, uh, shit, what are they called? Um, Secret Quest or Radar Lock. Games like that. You know like, another game that I loved? Another surprising shooter, sorry to interrupt, but Yar's no. Revenge. Oh, yeah, Yar. Yar could have easily been on there. I mean, it's, That's the best-selling first-party Atari game. It's very interesting. I feel like we got a good mixture of, you know, let's see. We got the adventure genre. We technically got a shooter with Missile Command. And Missile Command is almost his own thing, though. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't. Because like River Raids, the, River Raids the shmup. Um, yeah. Adventures the adventure game. Pitfalls the platformer. Yeah. And then Missile Command's just Missile Command. It's like a strategic shooter. Yeah. So I mean, we got it. I was happy to see we didn't get all shooters or all you know one genre or the other. Um, I don't know, but. I think for Atari games, it was a good it was a good combination. And since we're limiting limiting it to four, since we're trying to stick to basically one review a week, it's tougher. Because had we went to five or six, maybe we would have had another shooter that we're talking about now. Yeah, um, I'd say probably Millipede would have definitely been in there. But trying to take your bias and love of River Raid out of it, right? What was your favorite of the four? And if it is River Raid, that's fine. No, I mean, River Raid is my favorite of the four, but if you take River Raid out, then it's Missile Command. Yeah. Yeah, mine's Missile Command or probably Pitfall. Yeah, Pitfall's great, too. And, I mean, Adventure is really important, but... It's not fun. It's not as fun. Here's the deal. It's fun in short bursts. Yeah, Adventure is kind of cool because, unlike some Atari games where if you don't have any... Like, one of my favorite... Going back to being a freaking horror fan... Uh, haunted house yeah i have no fucking idea what you're supposed to do with some of those pieces as you're going through the game until i looked it up and i was like oh this goes here that goes there i love that game but 
without a manual and playing it any way other than on the Atari, and even if you're playing on Atari, you might have just picked it up from a, you know, a swap meet or something and had it in a box of a million games and not had the manual. So those games that require manuals where you can't go through otherwise, I hate those. Adventure, you could kind of figure it out. You're like, oh, this key goes to that castle. It's the same color. The little bridge piece, okay, you can figure it out. But at the end of the day, it was kind of, it was meh. Pitfall oh, yeah. is so straightforward. Yeah. There's, it's like easy to play, harder to master. Whereas River Raid, it's, you know, uh, super easy to play, hard to get far enough, but there's no true ending, so it doesn't really matter. Right. And then, of course, Missile Command, that one is very hard to master. You know, that <laughs> you talk about like trying to get some of those later stages, but. The Atari, to me, was never about any game being a super deep experience. It was always about that quick pick-up-and-play. If you got 20 minutes, your your girl or your wife is trying to get ready and you need something to do and waste some time, you could play on your phone, or if you had an Atari or something, play real quick. Yeah. Adventure is not going to be one of those games you ever do that with. You don't quickly pick up and try and play that. Yeah, like, Adventure is important, but it's just, yeah, it really isn't as fun. Like, I'm surprised I didn't see a game like, say, Hero more on a lot of the list, or Keystone Capers, or Crystal Castles, or Kaboom. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. No, or, or Warlords, or Breakout, or Super Breakout, or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, or, well. And I love I was going to say Mrs. Pac-Man, but the thing is. Mrs. No, Pac-Man wasn't bad. The that, original that Pac-Man was. That was the best one. The original Pac-Man, that's why I didn't even mention it. It was fun to finally get that game on the arcade, or an arcade port of the game, but yeah, that one was so poor. I have a lot of nostalgia for it, but I mean, yeah, it's it's crap. It had three weeks to be programmed or some shit. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. We want to hear from you guys. We're not choosing, so we're going through right now, we're doing the NES, Super NES, and Sega Genesis. I told you the whole purpose of this was Jim broke me with his games. And those random goddamn games. Wah, had to play one Gundam fighting game. <laughs> terrible. It was not terrible. It was just average. Average. Terrible. Average. So we, I just said, you know what? Like When we started this site, we always said we want to find the best games for each system from every genre. It's a lofty goal. Definitely way harder Stupid. than we thought it was going to be. But you know what? Stupid. We're not... What I will say is moving forward, so the next couple months are set with that. We have our Halloween schedule. We will be intermixing some other some other genres, I'll say. Uh, we're going back. We have a fan request game that we will be getting to. We have fan request games. We have fan sent games. And we also have some old NES sports games that we're, once again, just looking at best and worst. Because here's the deal. We want to finally finish our list of top ten Best and worst NES sports games. We've played damn near 60, 70. Too many. Almost every sports game's on the NES There's at this a point. Darts game. Yes. We've played them all. And you know what, honestly? It was like four pool games. Even though we don't want to bother doing an individual video review for every game, we just want to share here's our opinion. You know, people seem to really enjoy or have very big opinions about our baseball, basketball, hockey. Yeah. So, we want to finish it off. So, we'll be intermingling those videos as well. But we want to stay consistent. These ranked best lists, you know, NES. We're not going to 
have any spoilers, but Jim and I, we've already seen the list for NES, Super NES, and Sega Genesis. And without giving anything away, were you shocked? Not really. So... It's yeah. a lot of games that you're going to expect. It's what you're going to expect. Um, here's a question. They're kind, of, they're kind of tough to talk about when they're this good. Yeah. Because anything you do is just when a game is Yeah, when a game is too good, you've either, you're being super repetitive and everyone's played it. But here's a good question for you, Jim. Since we're not, maybe in the future we'll touch on it, but if you right now had to do N64 and PlayStation best games... I think the N64 probably be easier of what's going to be ranked best because you're yeah. probably going to have Super Mario 64, probably Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. Yeah, that'll be on there. But then, I don't know, those last two, it could be a t- Would it be... GoldenEye could be on there, Smash could be on there, Mario Party 2 could be on there, Perfect Dark could be on there. Of the party games, which I'm going to throw Mario Kart, Party, and Smash... What's your favorite, and what do you think's the best of those three? Just for the N64. I think the best one of them is Mario Kart. I mean, Mario Party 2, people are kind of hit and miss on the party, those Mario Party games in general. Yeah. But 2 is way better than 1, and you're less likely to break a stick. Uh, Smash 1's great. It doesn't, I mean, yeah, it's way simple. It's almost like a tech demo, but but would you think it's would you think Smash is deeper than Mario Kart mm. for that one? I think is there technically more characters in Mario Kart. I mean, in all fairness, no, Mario it's, it's Kart sixty four. There's speed differences, but that's kind of the biggest difference between your carts. Right? Speed, weight, driftability, shit like that. But it's like not the same as a different amount of moves between how many characters in that first one. Uh, I think think it was like 10 that you start with and maybe another 4 you unlock. Okay. So it might even be less than that. Maybe it's like 12 total. I mean, I don't know. I'd probably go Smash just because the cart was definitely important, but the fact that there was a Super Mario cart, it had a blueprint to work off of where Smash was completely unique for the 64, and it like really captured to me like... I think when we sit and play with friends, that's more of a go-to even than Cart. Cart is definitely right next to it, but I feel like Smash... <laughs> well, no one wants to play Daddy and Cart anyway, too. Jim, that's one game that <laughs> you are definitely the best at. <laughs> mm. But was it worth it? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> to hone in the those skills? Exception my kid. I haven't done a lot of software <laughs> worth it, so... So... Okay, so now PlayStation. Christ. That's, to me, that's almost, a man, I feel like the variety of games in the PlayStation. I'd be shocked if it wasn't straight RPGs. And that's the thing. If, if we ever go down a list, I want I don't want to be able to, like, you have to have something from different genres. Right. So you know Final We, we would Fantasy, make it be different genres. Yeah, Final Fantasy VII, is it? Final Fantasy VII's a huge one. So that um, would definitely... I, uh, Castlevania Symphony of the Night. That yeah. Would, that one gets the biggest boner blaster from Castlevania fans. Yeah, some of the Crash Bandicoots, maybe some of the Spyros, sp- Twisted Metal 2, Gran Turismo's. Oh, um, fuck, man, yeah. That would, that's tough. I would think Castlevania, Gran Turismo 2 for sure. Some of the Tomb Raiders maybe, even though I'm not crazy about them. 
Tomb Raiders, just like it kills me to say, you know what? I think they don't I hold could, up. I could see Resident Evil Two making the Resident Evils, Silent Hill. People always go Resident Evil Two for a favorite Resident Evil. Yeah, whether I agree or not, I could see that. But man. Yeah, I feel like the PlayStation just had a wider variety. Oh, it definitely did. Yeah. New bit I just thought of. All right. And they will finish out this video. All right. Um, and podcast for the iTunes people. Goddamn. Yes, and podcast. Don't ignore them. <laughs> so, all right. We do. We always, this time we didn't do a which is better or, you know. We didn't, Overrated, underrated. We, we didn't do our regular bits. I'm adding a new bit, and it'll be very linear. You'll see where I'm going with it. All right. If you had to say, what genre defined the following system? Ooh, Jesus. So, what genre defined the Atari 2600? I think that's fairly easy to me. I, I, I said it, it, it had to be shooters, probably. It has to be shooter, yeah. In, in some form. It's very broad when it comes to Atari. Yeah. But I'd say shooter. You know, I'll even expand it. Because I think some of the layer systems can get really tough. What two genres? So shooters probably the main one for Atari Twenty Six Hundred. Shooters and it's not I platformer. Guess it, no, it isn't platformer. I'd almost say arcade style games, but that might be too broad as well. That's way too broad. Yeah. yeah. I feel like you'd either have to say like, would it be exploration? Because, like, Haunted yeah. House is kind of like an exploration. Adventure. Haunted House is kind of, yeah, Haunted House and Adventure, and even Pitfall 2 to an extent. And a lot of them are. Would you say puzzle? Mm. No, not really. Ish, but. Hmm. Yeah, it's tough with Atari because there's definitely so many shooters, and everything's kind of almost a variant of a shooter. But then you get those other titles. Yeah. No, because I'm trying to think, like, everything we just named, I mean, Shooter's the obvious number one. But it's like, I, I don't like... It's like, what do, you, what do you categorize, like, Kaboom as? What do you categorize, like we said, Missile Command? What do you categorize? Yeah. I mean, they're all unique in one way. It's like, either you go action... I think action, I mean, that's extremely broad, but... It's extremely broad. But action is a good way to do it. Yeah, action exploration. It's tough because, like, I would I would look at something like Pac Man as like a puzzle game. Yeah, kind almost. of almost. Yeah, you know. And then you think games like Adventure, like I said, like Haunted House. To me, those are all adventure exploration games. Um, anything with really a maze, I'm gonna go puzzle or adventure, but. Yeah, for the purposes, since that's the first system we're doing, it's a little more easy. Yeah. I think as we add a system each time we do this, it'll get a little more interesting. Yeah, true. So we'll do two, but all right, so we'll keep it super broad. We'll say shooter and action. And action. Yeah, we can do that. But, uh. And what do you guys think for the Atari? Yeah, I mean, if there's something, it's sure shit wasn't sports. You got a shitload of sports games. Some of them are okay, some of them are weirdly fun. Hey, let's be careful. It ain't the Sega Genesis. It's true, but some <laughs> of them were weirdly fun and weirdly worked. <laughs> so, yeah, let us know what you think, guys. Obviously, if there's any topic you want to hear us talk about or any suggestions, let us know. We always appreciate all your feedback, positive or negative. Mm -hmm. But, um, 
Yeah, so what do you think, Jim, now that you're two beers deep with the Funky Monks? It's good. Um, I don't think it's anything special as far as a sour beer goes. Like, I don't see anything with this that I couldn't have gotten from, say, Victory. Yeah, but the difference is the alcohol percentage. See, Victory's like 7%. So this is a little bit higher. Nine or seven? Which one's higher? Yeah, I'm very aware that one is higher. So this will get you drunker. (laughs) I'm definitely probably a little more slurry and stupid than I would have been after two victories. Yeah. But I'm just saying from like a taste and like a drinking experience, it's almost exactly the same. Yeah. Which isn't a bad thing because I love Victory Sour. So here's the deal. Weyerbacher, I absolutely love their beers. Um, Stick to the just strong ales. It's recommended. I'll say this is recommended. I would say if you're a sour beer fan, try it out. It's something that uh, if you if you try other wire boxers, you're either going to go strong Belgium ales, imperial stouts, imperial IPAs. You're going to go just those really heavy setting beers. This sits kind of heavy, but it has enough tartness, and it just feels like a different type of beer from what they typically brew. So it's worth a try, but doesn't feel like a wirebocker. I'll say that. No, it definitely does not feel like a wirebocker. Wirebockers are generally a lot heavier. Yeah. So this is really light for a wirebocker. So yeah. if you want a really light nine percent beer, here you go. This yeah. is, I mean, unless you're a person who hates sour beers, and then this isn't for you. But yeah. So guys, uh, we're gonna keep trying to be more consistent with this. We say this all the time. At best, I think the absolute best we could ever hope to do is every two weeks. It's not one month. It's every two weeks, one way or another. I'm pulling his ass over here. We're doing every two weeks. This time, we were a little more in focus. I think we're a lot more in focus. Yeah, the video quality should be a lot better. When when I watched that first video, I was like, Jesus. As soon as I uploaded that video, I was like, motherfuck. Like, the problem is... Where our old videos, Jim and I, we either wouldn't be together or we would and we'd each use our own individual little webcams that autofocus fixed. Now I have a legit Canon camera DSLR. And you know what? Like I was using a tiny screen trying to focus by hand. And of course, you asking this guy, Jim, does that look good? Yep, looks fine. You look fine to me. So we went off that for the last video. We spent a half hour looking at the camera this time. This time, I actually have it hooked up to my laptop. I'm looking at the video of us. I know we're in focus. We're a hell of a lot more in focus. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fuck you for last time. I'm looking off a screen that's like this big. Jim, I could show you a screen that's 55 inches and you go, Oh, it's okay. I'm playing Clash of Titans. I got a Clash. <laughs> so they just, they just released Town Hall 12, which I'm not close to. God damn it, Jim. So either way... We're going to try and stay more consistent with this, but honestly, if you want to send us topics or anything you want to hear us talk about, just reach out to us. Other than that, I think that's it. Yeah, I'm out of ideas. (laughs) All right. Cheers, guys. Cheers.